are on episode 99 of the Curvo Podcast. We are almost at 100, and uh, we are truly blessed to be here today with Danny and Jana Bazette with Bum Doodlers. Welcome. Thank y'all for coming. Y'all are finally here. Before we start, I want to let y'all know that every Sunday, it's been going on for about two years now. We go out, we go out to the ranch to my mom and dad's house and we have a coconut pie. Whether it's football season, we watch the game, and if it's not football season, we play poker and just hang out. <laughs> and it's always bum doodlers. That's and I wonderful. just want to say thank y'all. Thanks. Good. Um, that's a coconut meringue or what is it? Yes. Right? Yes. Right. The, I mean, that's that's per- personally my favorite yeah, pie. Good. It's really good. What's the best seller? You know, I mean, coconut's pretty high up there. Uh, it depends on the time of the year, too. It changes, but the coconut, the chocolate chocolate, and the cheesecakes, probably. The cheesecakes. Yeah. That's something we need to dive into as a yeah, family, the cheesecakes. The cheesecakes. So popular. Yeah. <laughs> It's all my mom's recipes, so. Yeah, how did, so your mom, um, Jerry and Ken, Mm -hmm. those are your parents? That's my mom and dad, yeah. Okay, and Mm -hmm. it was initially Jerry's? Well, so my mom's, when she started it in 1982 in Bernie, she had bum doodlers, and then she would bring some pies from home, and uh, just to sell by the slice, right off the counter. And at some point, uh, the rule, you know, the way the law was, you had to bake everything there at the restaurant. You couldn't bring stuff from home. So she kind of expanded. So then she had bum doodlers and Jerry's pies. So it was two, two little businesses together, and it kind of just all morphed into one big thing over time. So it's really just bum doodlers. And so you grew up in a house ran by a small business. Mm-hmm. Or a house that runs a small business. Yeah, I was seven when mom started doing that. Was it different compared to your friends that had a parent that was nine to five? They come home and yeah, it was very different because I spent a lot of time <laughs> at the restaurant with my parents, and on the weekends, a lot of times it was we got to go up there and we've got to make pie crusts for the pies over the weekend to be ready for next week and. It would be kind of a family affair. So, so for yeah. those, uh, Danny and Jana, for those who want to get into small business and think they're going to be their own boss and work their own hours and it's only <laughs> going to be nine to five, what advice do you have to those people? You know, when you have a 40-hour week, just uh, smile and go home because if you work for yourself, averaging 70 to 90 hours a week for yourself, it pays off eventually, but it takes years for that to pay off. You know, yeah. 10, 20 years later, you look back and you go, you know what? I don't have to go in to work today. I don't have to go into work this week, maybe. But then next week, you may have to put 60, 70 hours again. But it's, a, it's something that you can do and feel good about that you're, you know, leaving a legacy for a town or for your family. And that's what y'all have done. Was that the goal for, for your parents? To, no. <laughs> it was no. just to get by? So uh, I'm the youngest of six, and um, my oldest sister was in an accident when she was a senior in high school Mm. and lost her life. And that was incredibly difficult on my family, mostly on my mom. And she was a stay-at-home mom. And she was having a really hard time. 
And her, her best friend said, you have got to get out of the house and you have got to put your energy towards something else. And so this came along, mom started doing it and she put everything into it. And she just, you know, she was such a natural baker and cook and, and that all came naturally. So, um, it just took off. I mean, she put the sweat and the hard work into it and made it a success for sure hands down. And, um, it, I mean, it was what she needed in her life at the time to get past a really tough thing. And then I was being the youngest, I was around it the longest out of all my siblings. And so I just ended up being there more. And so I was the one that wanted to continue it when mom said she was ready to retire. So no mama should ever lose their little one. Um, I saw my yeah. mom go through it with my brother. My brother passed away from cancer Aww. three Halloweens ago. He I'm was, sorry. Oh, thank y'all. He was 34, 33. He got leukemia. And oh, I see my, my mama go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. And then, mm-hmm. and then my daughter Kaylee, my first daughter was born and, uh, that gave my mom something to focus on. And she, right. you know, it, of course she didn't forget, but no, but like you have to. Yeah, you have to put your your mind to something else yeah. for sure. Yeah, so so I can see that mm-hmm. I can. So bum doodlers was like like a kind of a saving grace too for your mama. It really was. It really was, and you know she she's just a really talented lady, and she's you know she's real shy and uh, you know feels uncomfortable around people. She's yeah. kind of like me. I took I after am her. Too. But I am she too. I really am. when you put her in that situation, I mean, she just soared and did amazing. So, yeah. Well, they did create a legacy. Mm-hmm. And then so as so as Bum Doodlers and Jerry's Pies continued, um was there ever a break in in the business before y'all met? Um well, Mom was ready to retire. She almost sold to an outside person. Wow. And I, it, that really started to hit home for me. And I'm like, wait a minute, you mean this really is, might happen? And so I finally just said, you know what, Mom, I think I want to do it. And so I ended up buying it. And then just a couple of years later is when Danny and I got married. Actually, like a year later, I think Danny and I got married. And then... Right, uh, like right after you bought it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> you know, maintenance man of the year, 20 years in a row. Dang. <laughs> so a, a lot of a lot of prominent businesses that come in here, the owner is right there on the front line mm-hmm. and still grinding. And you just maintenance, you're still keeping everything going? Yeah, I mean, the Kerrville store, I built it. And we bought it, and I cut the grass on it for, you know, a year or two. And then when the time mm-hmm. was right and the economy was right, and, you know, I'm a home builder by trade. I'm, I've built houses for over 25 years. So waited till the timing was right, and we built the store because it's pretty easy to build something. But uh, to run it every day, to be there day to day, and to open it to the public and to be there for your customers is the hard work that comes after the structure's up. So we wanted to time it to where we could step away from Bernie for a few years or at yeah. least make sure our staff was good to go in Bernie and then start hiring staff and building the store and training in Kerrville. And that's 10 years ago. 
How do y'all keep yeah. the quality? So after you built Bum Doodlers in Kerrville with your two hands, huh? Sure. After you did that and you're like, hey, I'm opening up a new location, how do you keep the quality and keep the same pies and, and same recipes? Do you take from Bernie and place in Kerrville? No, we, we do make everything in Kerrville on site. Um, we just we have really great staff. We really do. Um, we have some people that have been with us a long time, and they just do a good job. They're good at what they do. But the, we have really good staff, and we couldn't obviously ever do it without them because it takes a lot of people to run a restaurant. But um, we do. We make the bread here and the pies here for this location, and we make you know the ones in Bernie and Bernie. and yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. We try to maintain a high quality control there with our managers and our employees, you know, try to make sure they know what it's supposed to be every day. It's consistency, right? It's got to be right. Yes, it is. If it's, you know, I mean, it is homemade, you yeah. know, so it may not look exactly not the same perfect. every day or it might it's, be. Might be a little burnt on the edge. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> it's, hand, it's, it's done by hand and it made from scratch every mm -hmm. day. It wouldn't be bum doodlers if it, if it didn't yeah. have that little yeah. touch. Yeah, like this is yeah. my pie and it's not a mass produced uh, mm -hmm. product. Right. It's my pie mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I picked up that we have on Sunday. <laughs> it's so important to us. It really mm -hmm. is. And, um, and of course, you know, this isn't where I'm leaning, but what's stopping you from getting frozen pies and firing everybody and hiring minimum wage workers and saying, Hey, sell these. There's not enough love, you know, in those frozen cookie cutter mass produced pies. You know, we pour a lot of love into that and we want to pass that on to the community. It's part of what we do and how we are as, as a, as managers and owners and as people, as Christians here in a community Amen. that we love, you know? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. And I mean, that's, that's what my mom started and I don't have any plan on changing it. How, how much of a role um, does your faith in the Lord have in this, in this whole operation? You know, huge. It's first. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just praise God every day for all of it. It's all his. Absolutely. So. Uh, same here. Um, the hard times have made me cherish these, the simple times even more. Like mm -hmm. with my brother, everything that happened um, with your sister. And, mm -hmm. and there's probably been hard times in between for y'all. And um, everything that, um, that the Lord has helped me get through has made me cherish just just sitting around the dinner table with chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes mm -hmm. with my little family. Okay. That's what it's about. Yep. And, um, That's right. on, on Sundays having bum doodlers, mm -hmm. you know? So I just wanted to, um, let y'all know personally that y'all have impacted our family in a good way. Oh, and so it, neat. yeah, it's a tradition. <laughs> Thank you. I saw a, a, on YouTube, y'all had a news station just pop in on y'all. What yeah. happened? <laughs> It was Thanksgiving, I don't remember how many years ago, in Bernie, because, you know, we do a lot, a lot of pies at the holidays, and so at Thanksgiving, we usually have to get a big truck with refrigeration to store the pies in just for 24 hours so that we can um, keep them cold while we're selling them, and then, lo and behold, a, I think it was Ken's Five, I don't remember, showed yeah. up, and yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's on. I, we didn't somewhere. have any yeah, notice. It is. I, I wasn't expecting it. So, I, you know, they interviewed some of the customers and interviewed us, and it was pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> they said, the lady's like, it's a Texas tradition. Yeah. Yes. It, it is. It is. Yeah. And she was saying, they have to get a frozen. The, uh, a frozen food truck and Nathan mm-hmm. Wheeler, right? Nathan, yeah. yeah. And uh, what was it, 1,100 pies? Yeah, that's in yeah. one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not over the whole. No, that's opera. one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like a 24-hour work okay. period. What I was think, <laughs> what I was thinking on the way over here uh, this morning, actually, I was listening to that and I said, how do they numerize or how do they keep track? Okay, do they give their customer a number and then a pie number? Or do they just make a certain amount of pies or do they like, how does that work? Well, and we're, we're pretty antiquated. Like we're not high tech at all. So we still use the little file box with the ABC tabs and everything is, you know, filed by the customer's last name and name, um, phone number, what they ordered, what day they're picking it up. There's actually two different boxes, one for the Tuesday and one for the Wednesday. And then, the Wednesday's grown so big, it's a big, huge box. We had to get a bigger box, yeah. Are you <laughs> but, serious? Yeah, so it's it's not a foolproof system because there's a lot of human errors. So, you know, there's mistakes every year. But for the most part, everyone ends up with the pie they ordered. So We try um, to make a few hundred extras. Yeah, we do make us. a lot of extras. Really? Yeah. But, Is that the original system? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so cool i know it people really are like is. when are you gonna get this on computer or some you know yeah, when are you gonna build a database of your customers so you can solicit them and oh send them email gosh. Like, i don't like this I know. myself why would i want to do that to no. my customers and yeah. online ordering and all of that and people have asked and i don't know so jana i like the way we do it now <laughs> texts or calls each person I try. I, I to check try. their order before they make them. Wow. Try. It's not a computer that does that? Mm-mm. She doesn't. Mm-mm. So the initial purpose of this podcast was Curvo Small Business Network. And we got nothing but small businesses on here. And um, I, I was probably shy at the beginning and left a card, you know, or mm-hmm. left a little mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> in the front. And somebody's like, what is this? You know, but. Probably. I've been wanting to have y'all on because the the purpose of this podcast is the Curvo podcast. It's and it's not like you know perfect and scripted. And I mean, we're not scripted. This mm-hmm. is this is you drive by Bum Doodlers and and you're like, what is behind Bum Doodlers? Were, were they trust fund babies? Were they just handed <laughs> all this money and just like here you go? Or was that building built with? the owner's bare hands and was, you know, did it start from the parents and passed on to the daughter? Like, and that's, that's the beauty of, of not just the Curvo podcast, but any, any podcast or if you're on the news, you get like 30 seconds. Hey, what's this about? Well, it all started. Okay. Thank you. You know, like, (laughs) like, no. And that's, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the reason. That's that's the reason for this podcast. And um, y'all are a perfect example of the American dream. It, it, if you think about it, um, it, it's just. Well, we've been really blessed. Amen. We have been really blessed. Yeah. 
I will say that. Yeah, you have. And I'm sure it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows no. throughout the process. <laughs> no. What's yeah, the American mm-hmm. dream is not a trust fund on every corner or in every bank account. It's the opportunity. That's right. To work and the opportunity to better yourself, to the, just having an opportunity. That's right. We all should have the opportunity to do the things that we were called to do, who, what God made us to be, to where we can be the men and women he created us to be. Danny, six years ago, I used to pray for um, the Powerball. I used to pray for <laughs> right. um, a big break. Yeah. I used to pray for... Um, for somebody to just, I just want to stumble across somebody and hit it big. That's not what it was about. Yeah. Now I, I, I pray and say, dear Lord, thank you for, thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for everything. At first I start with gratitude and then I say, please give me the wisdom and the vision to see the opportunities mm-hmm. that you place in front of me every Absolutely. day. Cause there's yeah. something everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's, they're out there you know they're out there and i just have to go get it and not just me personally but mm-hmm. you know y'all don't just sit there and wait for things to happen and that's why bum doodlers is what it is because your mom and dad went out there and made it happen they yep. saw an opportunity what if they stopped when they said hey you got to make your pies inside you got to oh, make right. it you exactly know? Yeah, yeah she, she could didn't have to do that she didn't mm-hmm. have to rent more space and buy an expensive convection oven and a yeah you know what ten thousand dollar blender yeah you know she didn't have to do all that the expensive you know commercial mixers and the things i mean it could be a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment in a kitchen who's got that kind of money mm. yeah she could have easily given up at that moment you know and there was a lot of times she could have given up Why for sure we- because you know most small businesses don't make money at first they mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. lose money for a little while and she just was determined. Why did she not? Why did she not quit? And why did she keep keep going, even though all those obstacles were in her way? Be, she just knew that if she wasn't doing that, that. Wait a second! You said that she was. She's check. Checks don't <laughs> quit. <laughs> yeah, I, <guess> so. <laughs> I don't know. She's she's just a very determined woman, and I think she knew that that was what she needed, and yeah. nobody was gonna tell her she couldn't do it. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of this victim mentality going around, you know, that say, "Man, look at look at Danny and Jana. Look at them. They're business owners. Must be nice. <laughs> Must be nice yeah. to have what they have." What do you, what do you have to say to those people who think that y'all were handed it? They can come with me any day they want. Come work with you. <laughs> come with me any day. Come on. No. Yeah, you're trying to clarify. He means work with him, not not go into a ring with him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're all both. <laughs> no. That ain't what I meant. <laughs> no. Come work with me any day you want to come hang out with me. We have a nonprofit, and yesterday in Kerrville we donated – 570 pounds, 575 pounds of venison to the local community. Are so we went to the Rotary Club, mm-hmm. to the VA. So when we're not at the store, we're, we're doing other things. And so it isn't something you say, you know what, stores are good today, I'm going to sleep in. No, you get up at 5, no matter what, and if somebody calls in, you go work for minimum wage. You go work for whatever you're paying that person that decided to just, 
you know, stay home or get sick or whatever with COVID. We've never worked so hard in COVID. our COVID. What? How mm-hmm. did y'all handle COVID? We sold groceries out the store. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you mean we by that? We never shut down one So day. when they, you know, said that we weren't allowed to have anyone in the store anymore to close yeah. down, um, we, and, you know, people were having such a hard time finding meat and cheese and milk on the shelves in the stores. And, you know, I actually was very stressed out about the whole situation when it first started. I was a nervous wreck what and I went, I woke up one time, one night in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. One and I said, o'clock in the morning, I'm going, to work. I'm going to go to work because I can't sleep. And so I just went into the store and I'm like, I got to figure out what we can do. We can't sell sandwiches when we can't have anyone in the store. And I was stressed out because we had, you know, all these food in the refrigerators and stuff that would go bad. And really God spoke to me and he's like, people want Mm -hmm. that food. People need that food right now because the, the store shelves were empty and you know, it was just nuts. But so we started selling meat and cheese by the pound, loaves of bread, gallons of milk, and stuff like that. And eggs, honestly, eggs, a tomato. Yeah. You want a cucumber? Okay, what else mm-hmm. you want? I can have a pound of flour. Let me go weigh yeah. that out. I heard about this. Yeast, you know, so that kept us open and it kept our employees, well, you, you know, able to work. You know? you and so at least it's keep that kept everything us going. going. Mm-hmm. And by, by week two, people were lined up around the building because you couldn't let them in, right? And they're walking over to the door. I need some more of that cheese. I need some more of that ham. Can you cut me some roast beef? Can you cut a little bit thicker this time? My wife likes a little bit, you know? <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. yeah. Why? It. Why did y'all do that? Why didn't y'all just say, hey, look, we're going to sell this first, everything we have, and we'll just take it easy for no, for another we're six compelled months. compelled to well, finish it, I mean, to do it. But also, I mean, that's all our staff still had bills. <laughs> they, yeah. they needed jobs, you know? They needed to work. So it was a way for them to continue to work and for us to continue to make a living and it worked out really well. I know, I know, don't think I'm heartless by this question because I, I know pretty much the answer, but why didn't you just say, all right, y'all find another job. All right. We're just going to, we're going to take it easy. Good luck. You know, it's too hard to replace good value, good people. I mean, they're valuable to us. So no, in my mind too, that. though, is government's not our answer. You know, to shut down is a mm-hmm. mistake. It's not an answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it was ridiculous the way. And and, and honestly, like I think sometimes mm-hmm. we're going about our daily lives and we forget what the hell we what we went through. I know what mm-hmm. the heck we went through. It was a mistake. Right. Yeah, that's there's probably part of that was part of that. We weren't we just were stubborn and like we're not shutting down. That's it. We're not doing it. No, it you know? was the way it was handled was ridiculous. It was. Um, you know, and hurt a lot of people. It did. It killed a lot of people. It's on America. It, it is it's shut down. And it, yeah, you're right, Danny. And it makes you realize what the, the true colors, the true mm-hmm. colors when when you know what hits the you know what and when it hits the <laughs> fan, the true colors of the government and mm-hmm. uh, Big Brother coming in. And I'm not trying to be conspiracy or anything <laughs> here, but it's just it's a whole nother podcast. It, it is. It is. But it's just. The hardest working people yeah. got got punished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For what? For what? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still tired. Yeah. You know, we worked and worked and worked because 
if you were around someone that could have had COVID, you had to sit home for 14 days. And if the mailman showed up and coughed, they had to stay home 14. Mm-hmm. Everything you could think of, you had to quarantine. And so we just worked every day. Jan and I, we get there. She calls Kerrville my store and Bernie her store. <laughs> she's like, you go to Kerrville, I go to Bernie. You know, and so we just did whatever we had to do. If you had to get there at five normally, and we had 40 loaves of bread, and well, that means we had to get there at three normally with the groceries. You know, so it's you just. But set you know your what, too, I want earlier. I want to say too that just the general public was really good during that time because they also recognized that. You know the staff; they they tipped really well to the staff, yeah. and they just took twenty dollars tips. Oh, I mean, they were amazing, and they supported us. And it was like even when they could go to HEB and get a gallon of milk, and they knew they could get it from us, they would come to us because they were just supporting the business. People were great. People were great. Why would somebody pay an extra dollar for a gallon of milk? Right. Do a small business, as opposed to um, it's kind of like giving back, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. my uh, people that I know said, look, we didn't tithe at church, so we every every chance we got, we would go to give business to small business. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, another question I have, and this is kind of like off topic. Um, after all this pandemic stuff and then people were getting paid, uh, you know, people my age were like, hey, mm-hmm. I can get paid from the government. I can get that that monthly check. And then... It, now is it difficult to find employment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're not the only ones, yes. are you? Yeah, no. Um, luckily, you know, we have the people that have stuck with us. So we still have our, our really good base crew. But when we do need someone, it has been so hard to find anyone. Why do you all think that is? I mean, at first I thought it was, you know, because they were paying so much unemployment and all mm-hmm. of that. And I, I thought that's all ended. So now at this point, I'm not really sure anymore. I don't know. Is the culture changing? I'm not sure. That may be it too. Because it's like, I don't know. And this can be edited out too. If y'all don't want it, it's fine. But it's almost like they got a taste of, you know, that check. Mm -hmm. And then now when it's back to real work, it's like, I don't, I want that check, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I know that's that's jumping down the rabbit hole too, but yeah, I, I don't think like that, so it's hard for me to understand that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, cool. Because you're up 5 a.m. working, making mm-hmm. the bread, whatever time it is. Yeah. Well, but what we were—he was mentioning earlier. Um, this doesn't have to be in the podcast, yeah. but I was going to tell you. Um, how many years ago did you start Christian Bow Hunters of Texas? Nine years ago. Okay, so nine years ago he started. Christian bow hunters of Texas. He's a big bow hunter. We both bow hunt, but he's yeah. he loves to hunt. And he was, you know, how can I take what I love to do as a hobby and turn it into a ministry? And so um, we now have a, a pretty good-sized group of people that belong to the, the organization. And they hunt year-round for different things um, also. And then so all the, the meat that is harvested then goes to... Um, actually Bernhardt's here in Kerrville or in Ingram yeah and they process the meat for us we get donations and stuff to help pay for that and then it all goes out to people and how many pounds did you say on on average we do about 8,000 pounds of packaged meat to the local communities here in 
Kendall, Kerr, Gillespie, and Bandera counties. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So it's that's been really neat. Um, Meat's the number it's one really thing. Fun. If you go to a food pantry or uh, somewhere that makes food a table of yeah. some sort, the meat is the most expensive. You know? Yeah. And so how much is beef now? A pound. Oh, know? my gosh. Yeah. I took out a loan to get a ribeye the yeah. other day. <laughs> so venison is, uh, it's all green. It's grass-fed. And there's twice the amount of protein. That's it. Than, than is there really? Low yes. Fat. Oh, I didn't know that. There's twice the it amount of protein. It is very lean. Low yeah. fat, mm-hmm. very lean, no antibiotics, no steroids, no, no preservatives, none of that crap. Um, excuse sorry, I get excited. <laughs> but I'm, I'm an avid hunter myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have confidence enough in my shot to, to bow hunt yet mm-hmm. um, because I just I have so much dadgum respect for for the animal. And I've filled up my tags every year since I was a kid, you know, but um, and we make our own sausage, hamburger meat. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, there's do- a lot of play- people that don't have anywhere to go hunt. Yeah. You know, and so this way um, they're able to have a place to go hunt when they want to and use their tags and then not waste the meat, you know. That's amazing. And we open it up to the, the community. If you kill a deer and you have an extra doe tag or two, shoot them, tag them, and drop them off to Bernhards, and we'll we'll take care of the processing, and then we'll distribute it. Yeah, for, for people listening, and they're like, well, man, next year, let's do it. So what do they do? Do they say, hey, this is for? Yeah, you just drop it off, say this is for Christian bow hunters, and, uh, and it's free. Yeah, we pay for the processing and the packaging and then get it sent out. So That's we amazing. Our, we have our own two-pound ground meat package with the Word of God on it on one side in English and on the other side in Spanish. So they get the meat their body needs, but they also get the nourishment their soul needs too because Romans is right on the uh, package. tells you about what you need in a relationship and how God can meet those needs. This is beautiful. Does And this is – I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. Is this something that y'all – blast out and tell everybody that you do or is it just sometimes you know you can look us up on the web at hunt h-u-n-t for f-o-r christ.com hunt for christ.com and we have a youtube channel it's christian bow hunters of texas and we take people hunting we take them fishing we even go bow fishing you know Hog yeah, you got to go bow fishing. That's a lot of Alligator fun. hunting, whatever. You don't even do. have to be good at shooting a bow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch y'all guys. I'll sit there with my rifle. I mean, yeah. I, I just, so what advice do you have to somebody who, you know, I've always wanted to bow hunt. And, and I shoot a bow. I shoot a recurve. Yeah, yeah it's a 65-pound recurve. But I just, my thing is, practice, is practice. I want it down right there. I'm lazy. I want to go. I want to make a clean shot. I want to process it and get on with it, but mm-hmm. I don't want to track. I don't want to, I don't want it to, man, I made a gut shot. Dad, yeah, you gotta, you want to really be good at it before you go out and shoot. You want to make an ethical shot yeah. where the animal doesn't suffer. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is how we started. We would feed ourselves, our family, the hunters and the farmers in our community would feed everyone, you know? So that's, it's a normal process. Over the years, people have gotten used to, let's go eat at the grocery store. Let's go get our food at the grocery store or eat at, the, at a, a restaurant where no animals were harmed. You know? <laughs> the upbringing that these animals have, the conditions, 
living in their own filth, uh, just crammed in oh, yeah. there. Man, my chickens have a beautiful life. Yeah. <laughs> my, you know, the, the animals that we take from the ranch, man, we, right now in, in our deep freezers, we have about 80 pounds of breakfast sausage. Yeah. And it's funny that y'all mentioned this because after this podcast, my wife and I are going out to the ranch and we're grinding about, I don't know, 50 pounds of axis and we're using about four pork butts. Y'all ever use pork butts to grind mm-hmm. it in? Mm-hmm. Pork- Boston butts. Dad, yeah. gum. <laughs> okay. Um, for those of y'all listening, if y'all ever use, um, y'all probably use pork fat, but if you try pork butt, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to make, we got so much pan sausage that we're going to make hamburger meat and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a part of our lives. Awesome. And we, we take so much pride in it because our eggs, we were talking about the, simplest, the simple things and how blessed we are. So one of my favorite moments after the deer is shot, after the meat's processed, after we process it out at the ranch, having a good time, listening to some old country with the kids playing, we're all grinding it, everybody's working together. After it's frozen, what we do is we take that breakfast sausage, get the eggs from the ranch, the sausage from mm-hmm. the ranch. We make some sausage and egg taquitos. Yum. And then once we're done praying, I look up, or as we're praying, and it's emotional for me because it's a beautiful thing. I look up and I see my little girl, my son, my wife, and we're all holding hands and we're praying. And it's a magical moment. And it's something that I wouldn't trade for anything. Oh, no. mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So, so it's, it's funny nice. you said that. I didn't even know you hunted. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you said that. And um, so, when you donate a deer, let's say you donate a deer and it has 25 pounds of meat, which is about average. Hmm. You know, a buck is 30 to 40 pounds. A doe is 20 pounds or so. So, hmm. let's just say 25 pounds per deer is an average. So, if, if you kill a deer and you have an extra animal and you donate it, and uh, you get 25 pounds of meat out of it. We get that and we donate it to someone. That's actually a hundred servings of meat because a quarter of a pound is a serving, a yeah. quarter pound hamburger. So a yep. hundred people could eat off one deer. How many deer could you kill in a year and donate it in, in the Texas Hill Country? Five. Yeah. How many people could do that? Hundreds, thousands? Y- you know. And we don't just bow hunt. I mean, we have... We have people that gun hunt. Too. Okay, yeah, for sure. I was gonna say, man, yeah. I gotta learn how to shoot a bow. No, I'm gonna... it's, it's not just bow hunting. We're equal but... opportunity. I yeah. <laughs> uh, did you start out hunting with the bow? No, I, I started out with a shotgun when I was a little kid, shooting rabbits and squirrels, and you know whatever, hunting birds with your BB gun. My first, uh, my first gun was a break the barrel 410. Sure. Yeah. I think everybody <laughs> did that. Yeah, I, ha- I still have it. It's funny because so my first experience. My dad's like, here you go, boy. You know, don't shoot yourself or anybody yeah. else. And he, you know, I take off in the 100 acres that are in Center Point. Yeah. I talk about the ranch. Um, and I, I, I came back my first time, look, Dad. And I had all kinds of weird-looking birds and, you know, a squirrel and everything. And he's like, all right, boy, Not that's sure. great. You know what you got to do now? I'm like, what, Dad? Yeah. Clean them. We're going to clean them, yeah. and you're going to eat them tonight while we have chicken fried steak. I'm like, what? Uh I, I pounded out every single piece of meat. We chicken fried it just like they had their meal. And I poured gravy over it, and, and I ate every single bit of it. And he <laughs> set me down afterward, and he's like, son, you never, ever kill anything for fun. Yep. You never, ever kill for fun. And uh, that was the last time I ever did. Every creature here is 
God's creatures. Mm-hmm. You don't kill for fun. You either kill to feed yourself or to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we could we could start talking I about know, business. That's a whole other thing, but I we'll, wanted to explain that a little bit because I knew he he brought it up earlier and no, it, people might not know what we're talking it's about. It's great. And, and I I I look up to y'all as as business owners. I really do. I I started out in small business too. So after the oil field went down, I started man, I started a cooling trailer company to keep the the guys on the rigs cool. And then um, I started a pressure washing company and a virtual tour company to like, you know, during COVID, give people, let them shop through the website by clicking on items and stuff. And then I got into real estate. So so small business is near and dear to my heart, especially during COVID, you know, and everybody that was going through everything, including y'all. I got it. Yeah. It sounds like you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm just so passionate about the community. I really am. It's uh like I said six years ago, I didn't realize what was here right under my nose. Kerrville's a really good place to be. Yeah. It's a great place to grow up. Where'd your little ones grow up? So we have three boys and we've been in comfort this whole time. They're bobcats. Uh, yeah. yeah. Comfort right By here. golly. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah. So we have one still in school. He's a junior in high school and uh, the other two are graduated, but, and I don't know what their plans are. We have one that's married and moved away and Tarleton. He went to Tarleton yeah. and he's an engineer now. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's doing great. So I don't think he's going to, continue the the restaurant so we have two other ones that are one that just graduated last year he's still trying to figure out his next move so yeah maybe maybe one of them will take over the restaurants one day and maybe not but we'll just see a lot of people aspire to be where y'all are aspire to have created what y'all have created and your children have that option how does it feel as parents knowing that you did that? It feels really good. Yeah. It does. To know that we have they have that opportunity. Yeah, it feels good. I bet it does. You know, I talk to people all the time that I look up to, including y'all. And this just this podcast has given me an experience to just get people that I want to be like and not pick them apart, but just like try to get as much information as possible out of them and just be like how does it feel you know (laughs) and and I I look up to y'all and um just thank y'all for coming on is there anything thanks so much for having us yeah Yeah, it's been a pleasure absolutely um Danny and Jana what would you like to say to each and every customer that's ever been to bum doodlers whether it was your mom and dad or y'all um well of course, thank you for your business because that's what it's all about. We wouldn't be open without our customers. And thank you for understanding and sticking with us when we make mistakes because that's going to happen. Um, and for taking care of our employees and us, it's we really appreciate our customers very Amen. much. What about you, yeah, Danny? Man. Yeah, thank you for your business. Thank you for uh, making us a part of the community here in Kerrville. Um, you know, we've been here 10 years and it's uh, been nothing but a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thank you. And, you know, let us know if you want to add a new sandwich or a new type of pie. If you got any information on an inside track on something good, we'll mm. take it into consideration. 
you know, maybe yeah. Yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, we get ideas sometimes from customers. All right, everybody. Episode 99. It, it couldn't have gone any smoother because we have editing. <laughs> <laughs> Danny and Jana. Thank y'all so much. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Thank Last you, one. John. All right, everybody. That's a wrap.